0: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones-Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com
1: From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Mader, editor and publisher of The Current. It's
2: business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch, I'm Christian Mater. Americans spend about 300 hours a year in a car. That translates roughly into about 14,000 miles each year, according to some Googling I did shortly before taping the show. Anyway, and so take the specifics with a grain of salt. I don't know anyone who would dispute, however, that we do a lot of driving. I have a pet peeve, actually, about people complaining about traffic in Lafayette. My theory is none of those people have been to Atlanta during rush hour, but. There's no denying that traffic, however long you spend in it, can feel like time wasted. And that's the appeal of the self-driving car. To some extent, it feels like we've been on the edge of a breakthrough with that technology for about a decade. But here we are, driving our cars with our hands like Neanderthals well into the 21st century. My guest Colin Gressing hasn't given up on on that idea. In fact, he's busy planting flags, as he likes to say, with his latest venture, aftermarket self-driving devices he calls palanquins, named after the mode of royal transportation in the ancient world. He uses an open-source technology to retrofit self-driving devices for road trip driving. This stuff isn't quite ready for your trip to the grocery store. Uh, Colin has used open-source tech to equip three RVs and a Toyota minivan. He hopes to break into the trucking market and his concepts for another 50 applications of self-driving technology. He grew up in Lafayette, first made a name himself, a name for himself with 52 businesses, a project to start one business a week for a year. Colin Gressing, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks.
1: Thank you for having me. Good to see you.
2: Yeah. Uh, I should disclose for our listening audience that we know each other quite well. We, I, I always say that we graduated together, but we did not actually graduate high school Very together. Very close. we close enough. Yeah. But I just feel like I need to put that out there. So if we seem too familiar <laughs> to people listening, it's because, uh, you know,
1: I did, I wrote my college essay on a conversation we had, one late night conversation we had, uh, <laughs> I think we called Matheology. That sounds about right. <laughs> like 20 you, years so, ago. So you have,
2: people have a, a, a view into what my brain was like even 20 years ago, but so, so Colin, I want to talk about the self-driving car thing first, which is, this is a bit that I've never quite understood about what you're doing, right? Like you're not building cars, like to my knowledge you don't own a manufacturing plant. You're not coding the devices, like you're not inventing the self. So, so what is it that you're actually selling?
1: so it's it's a huge endeavor and right now i'm in still in a major research learning i'm in like my own um kind of individualized education plan or what's it called when you're in a uh, self-learning no you're in a create create your own major kind of thing at oh independent study yes yeah it's like i'm it's like i'm in uh it's like I'm doing an independent study in okay. self-driving RVs. Um, so there are, I mean, I do have nine-ish RVs if, if you want to buy one. What do you like,
2: mean nine-ish? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> the website shows nine options. Okay, gotcha. Starting from $30,000 and one week of, of time-weighted up to 250000 And that one's also like a couple, two weeks. There's one in the middle. That's buying the vehicle? Buying the vehicle and and, And with the the equipment. And then there's one in the middle, really, the the kind of um, Goldilocks uh, is one that is more like 120 probably um, and would take about six months. Um, And this is
2: just like when you say you've got nine of these, is it that you have like an inventory of nine that if I bought this, I could get it? Or or is it these are the concepts that I could order and then get shipped to me later or whatever? exactly okay there i have three right now that you can come
1: check out okay right and but there there are nine concepts that i can take pictures of i don't i don't own all nine of them right okay um but um they're different like for example let me give you an example sure. right. so yeah. the, the lowest end is just a minivan removing all the stuff adding some living stuff and making itself driving oh so this right. is
2: like it's more than just like here's a device you stick it to a thing at Bouger your steam. You know, like you're modifying the vehicle to accommodate. That would be a, uh,
1: that that would be a partnership with someone who does that. Well, when right? you say,
2: I guess when you said like you remove the stuff in the car. Like I, I can
1: I can I can pull I can clean out the car real well and I can make an RV good enough for me, yeah. right? Or some of our high school friends, you know. <laughs> yeah. But but like if someone was going to buy this, I would be putting multiple people together okay. to to facilitate the perfect RV for the customer okay so, so. I'm kind of like a concierge or a or a consultant or a, um, uh, I don't know what like when when we bought our first computer in 1996 like some your, you and your family my uh, family yeah, yeah yeah so a guy came to the house and pay, uh, charged a hundred dollars and like asked what we needed and then built a computer for us right and that's basically where I could what I could do right now um,
2: I got it. It, That actually makes a lot of sense. So so you're not, like, I guess walking into this, my impression, which is sad because we know each other pretty well, was that you had sort of sourced a product, right, and sort of white-labeled it. So, like, well, here's this device that I I can sell you, and it will make your car a self-driving car. But you're doing kind of the – it's almost like you're selling the fact that you're doing your independent study to other people and saying, hey, this is the Wild West – I can do this. I can help you figure it out. Right,
1: and you're, you're, we are zoomed in right now on one tiny aspect of a huge, huge planetary change, uh, like tectonic shift. Explain um, that.
2: So, what are we zoomed in on? The self-driving garbage on, on
1: like production. Okay. Uh, new vehicle, okay. right? And th- there's like, if if we were looking at a whiteboard, your general whiteboard on a on a in a classroom, right? Yep. Like production, new vehicles would be would take up two percent of the board. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the way I, you know, I, I I've tried to come up with analogies. I've come up with decent analogies. Like, I feel like I am one uh, one of a few people who is seeing some tectonic plates shift. I'm talking literally sure. that are going to create an earthquake under the ocean that's going to create a tsunami which I liked because we're in a restaurant called tsunami <laughs> um and you know yeah. shepherding this technology into mainstream use is extraordinarily complex and difficult um and multifaceted um so but it it like if we don't prepare for it it's going to be a tsunami that destroys a bunch of lives it, it kills people and destroys terrible you know it's a terrible terrible thing sure. but we could also like get everyone to safety and ride the wave mm-hmm. and you know it's going to destroy some old infrastructure but it'll be replaced with newer better things that are 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 very good for uh, humanity and and the planet
2: so so i mean I know you're saying we're zooming in here on one aspect of it, but I mean, it's, I feel like it's to some extent kind of hard to avoid, like it feels like what Tesla has tried doing this and you know, bragged about what they would do in terms of self-driving. And it seems like some of those claims have been, let's say overblown. I however have a car that can park itself. Right. I mean, like, you know, it. I have to help it. I press the gas pedal or whatever, but it does the steering and it's a better at parallel parking than yeah, I right? am. Um, You know, so where does an individual entrepreneur like you fit in in that world where it seems like, look, you've got...
1: I have probably 100 businesses that I could start. Um, I did start 52 businesses one time, but (laughs) that involved a lot of other people, right? And um, most of them didn't succeed, right? Um, But, you know, if I had to to announce, like, one thing today, it would have to be an accelerator for people who are interested in self-driving businesses because there's just too many, right? Um, Like people to come take a gap year or first first thing out of college or whatever um that's the only like thing if i if i wanted to pick one product out of the hundreds it would probably be a very nice hot shot uh, d- d- delivery style um dually setup okay let me say that again um it would probably be I think think
2: you threw some industry terms out there that most people do because I actually just learned what a hotshot is. Explain what a hotshot is, right? Okay.
1: Yeah. So um, out there, you see millions of 18-wheelers. Everyone knows what that is. You'll also see just dually trucks with, you know, two back wheels pulling a big trailer that might have three cars on it or a big piece of oil equipment, and those tend to be more owner-operators. Right. Um, I have a design for one that's putting together existing parts that would put a pretty good RV in the front of that and still let you tow a very, very heavy trailer so that you could basically get paid to travel. Um, and I'm gonna do this myself, and then I bet there might be a hundred other people who would enjoy just work, being a part-time, you know, I work by sitting in behind the wheel of a car and I get to travel and do whatever I want, you know, most of my time.
2: Talk to me a little bit about the experience of doing this. I mean, I'll be yeah. honest, like when I parked when I've only done this once with my car, which is I bought recently, and it it's actually not a new car. I'm not a rich man. I bought a used car, right? And it's from 2017, and it can park itself, right? Right. And so I did it once, and it was cool. I still don't know that I would trust it um, in a lot of situations. Uh, but you know, you I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, are you know you have driven or allowed these RVs to drive you around?
1: I yes, um, and this probably we would want to move to the top maybe but um i I think i probably have more experience in different um self-driving vehicles especially the ones that you could potentially live in than than anyone else in the world i I think that that i i have dug deeper into this space than anyone else um this
2: this podcast does not go global i don't know that (laughs) you're gonna get challenged on that so we'll just take it for for face value that that that's true
1: i mean it might be Um, um but the point is, um, what I call self-driving um, is a colloquialism, right? And some people say self-driving means when you can sit there in the back seat and it drives you. That's not what self-driving means in my understanding. Most people mean to the highest level that's legally and technologically available at the time. Um, so for, for, for us right now, that means level two autonomy, where you, can, you have to sit in the driver's seat, you have to pay attention but you can take your hands off the wheel and your feet off the pedals and it will center you in the lane and it will keep you a safe distance from the car in front of you. Okay. This is most useful on the interstate. It can also handle stop and go traffic, which is extremely helpful in the city, mm-hmm. but it's not like when I leave here I can type in the address of my next place and it'll just take me there. Right. We're, we're years away from the public being able to do that.
2: So what then is the value of, if I gotta pay attention, I'm essentially sitting in the same place. I still got to operate this thing. I mean, it almost sounds like slightly better than the adaptive cruise control, which again, cars have in mainstream manufacturing, right? So, so what's the added value of just not having to put my hands on the wheel?
1: You got to experience it, I think. But I, I'd say about 10 hours in, I, I you know, two, three years ago, yeah. decided, uh, okay, this is amazing. I'm probably gonna have to devote my life to this. Um, <laughs> Because when you let go of that wheel and it's, it's kind of like feeling zero gravity right is like you don't know or taking off a heavy backpack at the end of a backpacking trip yeah. you don't you get used to how difficult something is and you don't realize how much weight it was until you take it off right okay. so the first time you get comfortable sitting there and letting it do it you know and you see how much of your brain you get back mm-hmm. it's just extraordinary um The other thing is that it very quickly can turn drive drive time into either entertaining or fun or uh, productive. Mm -hmm. Um, In in general, like I can take a probably a five hour trip and not care at all. I can just be happy the whole time because I'm some combination of productive or entertained um, or just relaxing. Um, You know, if I try to drive eight hours that, you know, that gets a little long, but, um, it, it's just, it's like, it's life-changing when you stop caring about the time it takes to travel places, you know? It's like, I was just up in New Haven, you know, um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and it's just not something I could have done before my mind had been unlocked to, I can just kind of go wherever I want and do whatever I want because the car just brings me, right?
2: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking to entrepreneur Congressing, who has a business in self-driving cars. Colin, the device itself, or the device is, I, mean, I, I keep referring to it as a device. I don't know why I picture it as a box. I think I just have yeah, a limited it, imagination. It like
1: it's, it's, it's looks like a dash cam, and I didn't make it, and I didn't program it.
2: Right. So I'm are helping. other people
1: doing so, this? I mean, I know yeah. you said
2: you're, you feel like you might have set the Guinness Book of World Records for, for this, Use. For y- use sure. in different
1: vehicles. Is it expensive? No. 1500 it's amazing.
2: And so Everyone what? should have one. Okay. <laughs> it's great. So, but yeah. really, but push back here if you need And to. I don't get
1: anything from it. It's, 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 it's not my product. It's an open source product. It's called Comma.ai OpenPilot. Um,
2: and, and is it just that, like, I mean, I, I want to go back to this other analogy that I used, right? Like, so the, the, the adaptive cruise control, I mean, people may or may not be familiar with this, right? It's like you could set cruise control, like, on a Subaru, right? And, like it will adjust the space between you and the car in front of it. So like, you're not just saying go 75 miles an hour, it'll adjust the speed up and down based on the move of traffic. Like, is it really that much different than that?
1: Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, the last one I bought was a, um, 35 foot diesel pusher. It's called a super C it's four wheel drive. Um, it's 35 foot though. Um, the vehicle. Yes. Okay. And
2: I guess why, why would the device be 35 feet?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> sure. No, it's a really nice brand new okay. RV. Um, And the first three hours of the drive, I was limited to just what it could do with its adaptive cruise. And it's okay, but I hated it because I'm used to having my hands not on the wheel and sitting back and just paying attention and being a defensive driver and getting ready to intervene whenever I need to. Um, And... If you're still con- keeping yourself in the center of the lane and you haven't flipped that switch of the kind of let go of the wheel, um, you don't get to really relax the way that, um, that you do once the car is doing more of the um, menial tasks in terms of lane centering, basically.
2: And, so, and these devices are legal?
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, Are
2: they legal in the sense that they're just like not regulated yet? Like, in other words, like they're you know you get pulled over and they're like I don't even know what the hell that is. I mean,
1: in a sense, but I mean it's it's it is like it's very close to what cars come with. It's what it's what Tesla comes with. It's what Cadillac has a version. Denali has a version. Okay, you could do illegal things (laughs) like try to get out of the seat or or be too attached to your phone or anything like that, oh, but okay. it's a safety feature. I mean, what it what it allows for me is to be more of a defensive driver and actually be a safer driver, not compared to someone who, a robot that's at 10 and 2 mm-hmm. on the steering wheel and paying 100% attention to driving at all times, right? Mm-hmm. That would be the ideal, but that's not the reality. It's That would be a false comparison.
2: So, I mean, just given the cost, right, like the price point and everything um of the sort of the open source technology itself i mean if it's legal if it seems fairly intuitive like once you kind of get it set up like why isn't it just more widely adopted like why are you I, the I guy he, that's like
1: i have no idea i was uh, two years ago when i when i realized no one had done it yet fine you know because i would thought about it about right before COVID, sure. and then uh i was like why hasn't no one done this like how am i gonna like it's crazy that i got to be the first one i don't uh, spread this video around publicly because uh, you know it's showing something that pe- could be dangerous but um you know
2: i think pretty sure. sure you are on the radio
1: yeah well i know but i so i have a video <laughs> so that we I
2: about to spread it publicly i, I have okay. a video
1: that that i shot on a closed course yeah. where i'm in the back of the rv showing it you know showing the, here's the bed here's yeah. the whatever and then the reveal that it's been driving the whole time, and our friend's dog is in the seat there. Um, <laughs> um, but it's on a closed course. Like, okay. this is not safe or legal right now, but it showcases what it can do. And the fact that I was able to be the first person to make that video is yeah. insane. But, you know, there's a lot of liability that goes on along with this. Um, a lot of people aren't as in love with RVs as I am. I was my first memories are in an RV. Um, we, we, my parents moved from LA to Lafayette, and we took six months and went to all the national parks. So I slept in the bathtub. Um, so I, I just love. I mean, you remember? I've, I've tried to live out of every vehicle I've ever had. Right? <laughs> um, our old girlfriend said I was like a snail. You know, I wanted to carry my house on on, on my back, which I did. So you know, it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, but, and also just that I have a, a unique, unique lifestyle of being in my late 30s and still single, but with, you know, with freedom to travel a lot. Um, sure. um,
2: so, I mean, have you at this point, so uh, kind of two related questions. First, have you sold your service or your project or your product
1: yet? Often? Absolutely not. Okay. No, still very much so, R&D. So this there's, is a, there's really nascent. only one web website that I can even want to send people to, and that's driverlessrevolution.org. Yeah. Um, I have 40 other websites that will get built over time and hopefully spun off to other entrepreneurs right. who, who want to, you know.
2: Have you approached investors with this?
1: No. Uh, I would very much like to self-fund as long as possible or take only impact money um, because this is one of the most important technological shifts that'll ever happen Um, and I want to keep an unbiased view and um, be able to put principles over profits I have to put safety first. If I don't put safety first, it doesn't matter what else is on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, sustainability is a close second. Um, but there are far reaching implications of what's going to happen that's going to affect every sector. Yeah. Um, and people are going to get, it's going to get politicized. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, one of the parties is probably going to, you know, use scare tactics and, say driving is, an un-amer- is un-American or something like that, not driving. If you're not driving your own car, you're not an American. Yeah. I'm not sure which party would be more likely to do that. But you know, one of them one.
2: could be. Who yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, and we could it, start that party right now. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm most scared that some reactionary politician sure. comes out for with a one hand on the wheel law and it just gets passed because no one knows better. It's a good slogan. That, that would be a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. One hand on the wheel would mean that most people have their other hand on their phone um, yeah. and eyes back and forth. What By letting go of the wheel and positioning yourself to, and having this mental shift where the car's driving and you have, you have a very comfortable setup that you know how to operate, you can be a safer driver while also being more relaxed and more productive and more content. Um, and so what I'm going to be pushing for is a, getting a group together who create the safety school for, for self-driving and self-police. What, what would be much better is that anyone who's in a self-driving vehicle should um, have a camera on them at all times and a camera at the traffic at all times. And if they are found to be acting dangerously, they should lose their, their you know self-driving privileges for... Um, a year or, or whatever, um, I can. I, I'm about ready to put a "how's my driving" thing on the back of my car, right? Yeah. Um, so,
2: so before we go too far into like the police state sure. aspects of what you have in your head, I mean, like you're talking about buying vehicles right now. You're not selling them. You don't have investors. So how are you actually financing this I, as a business proposition?
1: I'm I'm just self-funding at the moment. Um, it's I, if if there's one thing that I'm good at. Um, Rapid pro- prototyping, a proof of concept and um, testing a product without risking too much money are, those are my best skills. Yeah. Um, so you know I mean I have invested some money that I can't get back, but most of it you know I mean the cars depreciate but they don't like go to zero yeah. so you know I've maybe put three 350 into it yeah. and I could probably get back 250. Um, but I expect that it'll be very, very easy to make a decent pro- profit just with one or two of the businesses that I start myself or help or uh, nonprofit. There's just so many, so much money is going to be made in this field that I'm not at all worried about squeezing every dime out of a- every project.
2: So, I mean, but how is it that you've actually cornered it
1: though? No, I mean, I to haven't. the point. That- no, not at all. It's just undiscovered. It's like. I haven't cornered it. It's just like the, you know, when we settled the United States, and people, you could just if you got there and claimed the land, you, it was it was yours, right? And so I have like claimed some domains right. and um, have have started to have a web presence, right? right? Um, and I am speaking to, to other industry people and thought leaders and stuff to where you know if they need someone to talk to about this, I'm the guy. Right. But I I you know. I don't, there's no patents that anyone will have on, on, I mean, maybe there, I mean, there are a few, let me say that differently. There will be dozens of patents, mm-hmm. right? But none of them will be so integral that everyone else has to license that patent, right? But, but for uh, tangential products, there will be lots of patents. Like I, I someone probably already has a patent on um, a solar panel that can roll up in, uh, in the awning of an RV. Right. So why,
2: I mean, why not focus on something tangible like that for yourself just to protect whatever level of investment you put into it now?
1: Uh, just because I'm not I, – I have decided to not put money profits first. Um, and I enjoy um, understanding the whole system. And I think I'm most useful um, and most valuable in kind of connecting people to solve the problems mm-hmm. rather than – going really deep into one thing that's just I've never enjoyed that's not what I like to do I like to figure one thing out pass it off and then move on to the next
2: I mean where are we going to be (laughs) in 12 months college
1: okay so I think tech wise and um adoption wise we may have made major strides but I still think the average person won't it won't be on their mind but I, I bet we will triple the number of people using uh self-driving tech um and i think more people will know that it exists and want it later Mm -hmm. um there's there's but there's not going to be any huge changes in the next year i don't think yeah um another analogy i use a lot is like we we both have uh smartphones on the table right and so what I feel like is that I got my hand on a pair of smartphones in 2005, mm-hmm. okay, and they, ca- you know, they're g- going to come out in 2007. Okay. Um, but you and I have them, right? And we've been playing with them, and so like we're making decisions, like we should probably like learn about apps. Apps seem like they're going to be big. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of us should learn to code, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. It's like, you know, batteries are going to be important. Like, yeah. uh, you know, these things are going to need cases. Yeah. Um, Maybe we shouldn't invest in Bluetooth, like these wires are annoying, you know? Yeah. If someone in 2005 had had that kind of understanding of, of all of what's going to come along with the widespread adoption of smartphones, it would have been extraordinarily easy to start multiple billion-dollar companies, right? I don't want to start multiple billion-dollar companies. I'm just saying that it's. A, I'm coming from a place of uh, abundance, right? That there's just plenty to go around.
2: Yeah. So I mean I guess I'll make this observation. I mean it kind of feels like when you're in the middle of a revolution, right, it goes pretty slow. But when you look back it seems like it was fast, right? I right. mean and so I'm sure this is all just sneaking up on us. I think I'll say you might be the first entrepreneur I've ever heard, just say like I have no interest in starting multiple billion dollar companies. But that's you in a nutshell, Colin. Uh, Colin Grestig, thanks for joining me today on Athologicadiana. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christian. My guest today was entrepreneur Colin Gressing. Uh, we edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on Care You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Colin by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan. You can find more of Aster's photos at astramorgan.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of i Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Associate producers are Molly Richard and Chad Theriault. Researchers Leah erty Alice. Today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau. I'm Christian Mader, editor of The Current Lafayette's nonprofit newsroom. To get the scoop on Lafayette, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our free newsletter. We'll see you here uh, next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye.
0: Out to Lunch Acadiana was recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at ServingSushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.